Welcome to episode 61 of Running Greenleaf, where we go through the nitty gritty of operating a real estate investment portfolio. Today, we are talking about our residential properties. It is the end of the third quarter, so let's jump into it. Yeah, I mean, 908 apartment units and uh, 377 mobile home units. We feel like we have a good sense of operations in the Southeast. Uh, you know, most of our units yeah. are in Georgia and uh, Chattanooga. Yeah, and where our, our apartments are 93% occupied and our mobile homes are 98% occupied right now. So if we jumping right to the main point, which is distributions, mm-hmm. right? That's where kind of all starts. And right now on our residential side, specifically on the apartments, about half of our apartment assets are making distributions while all of our mobile home assets are making distributions. So we're going to go through a little bit of what's happening on the ones that are or are not making distributions and really the main levers that we see that happen in the business uh, to drive that. So start with really uh, retention. Retention is a, is a big metric for us. And as retention drops, uh, basically means the cost of operating that property is going to go up. You're going to have more unit turns, you have more vacancy loss, and you have essentially two factors of lower income and higher expenses. Well, why, why would retention drop? Yeah, I mean, we're seeing if someone's not going to renew or they're moving or job relocations. You know, we track all of the reasons that someone doesn't renew but historically, that has not provided us with a definitive answer as to why someone does not renew their lease. But ultimately, it comes down to two factors, and we believe that's quality of the service they receive for their home and the price that they're paying. So the balance of those two really dictates what your retention rate is going to be. And that's why we look at retention as really the driving factor of if we can increase rental rates or not. Right. And in general, you know, if you look at the apartment industry, they're generally looking at a 50% retention rate as being their core metric. We try to hold to a 70% retention rate to really focus on controlling our costs quite a bit more. Yeah. So other parts of the distribution spectrum, when, when all those things check out and we have good retention, we will be able to make distributions, our financial models work. So about half of our apartments, yes, everything worked on the metrics and we're making distributions and all of our mobile homes, they, they are working well and operating smoothly. So we're making d- distributions on those. So let's go into uh, rental rates. That's always a, a fun component to track and determine where things are going and, and how does our performance compare to you know, either the city as a whole of Atlanta or the national averages to see where things are. I think 2020, there was a, there's a huge increase in rental rates uh, during that first period of COVID, mostly in like the class A high-end apartments, where you were looking earlier, went up 50%. So pretty significant uh, rental rate bump for that period of time. And over the years, over really over the past three years, as we track our rental rate increases, we're now in the 7 to 8% rental rate increase. That's what we're seeing on a renewal. And we kind of see that every quarter. So we look at our current quarter over the quarter a year ago. In this quarter, we saw between 7 and 8% uh, average rental rate increases. Now, if we back that up over time and we go back three years, four years, and we have a chart that kind of shows us here, our trend line of rental rates has been declining year over year over year for, for almost three years now. When it hit some, some pretty high points where we had easily double-digit rental rate gains each quarter back in the 2021-2022 period, we're seeing that level out now and, and be significantly less aggressive than it was two or three years ago. Yeah, and that's really on par with really national and local averages. 
Um, we're, we're, we're a little bit ahead of national averages right now. Um, national averages are showing a pretty close to flat rental rate growth when yeah. we're still seeing pretty significant rental rate growth. But, um, you know, time will tell. Yeah, they, and yeah. they have the same kind of trend, though. Mm, it yes. was a lot higher two, three years ago, and now it's, and now it's slowing down. So if you modeled revenue gains from two years ago and you said, hey, looking out 10 years, revenue gains are always going to be this 10% plus. Right. It's like, that's not, hap- that's not what we're seeing in our experience. We're still seeing healthy revenue gains in the Southeast and the Atlanta market, um, better than national averages, but still declining, but positive. Right. right? So, okay, think about retention. You know, we mentioned this subject a little bit and, and it's obviously a metric that we focus on, we beat on, we, we're always looking at what our retention numbers are. And we've been pretty consistent across the portfolio. Now, that means there's some outliers within that, uh, within those numbers, but we've had 65 to 67% retention for the last five quarters in a row. So it's really, it's, it's held steady across the board and we're seeing strong retention uh, within the portfolio. Again, our target is 70. So at 70%, we're seeing the ideal mix of rent growth and expense controls. So anytime retention is lower than that, we're going to see higher expenses. If retention is higher than 70%, we're going to see lower expenses. And as a result of that, we, when retention is higher than 70%, we look to raise rents more aggressively. Then if retention is below 70%, we get a little bit softer on our, on our renewals and our rental increases. Right. Yep. Exactly. All right. Let's go through some operational updates. And we want to touch base on some of the properties that we own and some of the performance metrics we're seeing there and really dig into the details of those assets. So first, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Kingstown. It's a deal that uh, we've owned for quite a few years. Um, it's right here in Atlanta. And we bought it at a good basis as an asset we would like to hold long-term. But this quarter, it's not making distributions. And, we've, and we face some challenges there around two factors. One was first was our taxes. So when we think about how much taxes and property taxes are we paying at a, at a property, um, the revenue, I and mean, we have one-year rental contracts, so, so it's not like it can change that drastically year over year. And here, our property taxes essentially doubled in 2023. We make estimates each year that we're going to see about a 15% rental rate, or uh, not rental rate, tax increase rate. That's what we guess every year. This year, we were off. It was 90, I think it was like 94%. So we guessed 15%. It came in at 94%. And that puts a damper in our... Uh, cash for November and December tax payments. Right. And as a result of that, we have to get more aggressive on rental rate increases. We generally see higher turnover and expenses go up again. Yeah. Right now we're looking at around $1,150 a unit in taxes. It's going to go to $2,300 a unit in taxes. And therefore we're going to need to see over 10% rental rate gains starting now. And, and going back to some of our rental rate charts there, you see a bump in the fourth quarter. That's usually adjustments we're making, uh, to account for taxes and, and the increases they had for the year. Um, so that's Kingstown. We, I mean, we like the deal. Uh, it's 39 units. We, we've operated for a while and, and it's performed well and can continue to be well occupied. But we are at a point now where we're going to have to start pushing through some bigger rental rate gains. What, what were you saying? The average national rental rate was like 1700 It was close to 1700 And Atlanta, on average, is right below that, around 1650 And Kingstown, we're so 1150 yeah. yeah. So we're still way behind. And Kingstown's in a pretty urban located property. It's very much in town. 
Um, it's it very much is benefiting from all the growth of, of, of yeah. kind of urban Atlanta. So we should be able to take some pricing there. Yeah, and we, we have two unit floor plans there. So we have our three bedroom, we have our two bedroom units that are there. So we're between 1000 and 1150 And it, it essentially comes out to around $1.20 a square foot in rent uh, that, that we're getting on that asset. And those, those rents will have to go up here as we start the, the fourth quarter to meet our tax obligations going forward. It's kind of the new bar for what taxes are going to be at. So. All right, one other deal, a similar situation is 1209 Memorial, and we own a bunch of deals on Memorial Drive. It's one of our favorite places and great investment opportunities over the years there, and we own a deal, uh, it's 24 units. It's also townhomes. Right there. Also townhomes, yeah. So they're normally pretty high demand. Finding, finding affordable townhomes is quite challenging, in, uh, I mean, in this market, probably in any market, right? But there we saw... Also, we saw taxes go up 50% in that market. So taxes were already a little bit higher, but we were paying around $1,750 a unit for uh, taxes. And now we're going to $2,600 a unit for taxes. So 20, I remember when we were buying these properties, you know, we were going into the properties and taxes were three, four, five hundred dollars a unit. And we were projecting them to go to seven, eight hundred, not twenty four hundred. Right. And rents then too were like six or seven hundred bucks. Yep. You know, we, a lot of times we're looking at the comparison of tax rates on a per unit basis. Like, what are we paying per month in taxes and how many months of revenue go directly to just paying property taxes? So um, a lot of our deals, if we get to the point where we're three months of revenue is going to taxes, that's when we, we get into problematic areas and, and it's simply an asset that we'll no longer hold. Uh, so here at let's say Memorial Drive or at, at Kingstown, we're, we're just over two months of revenue. Uh, we're closely getting into an area where it's, it makes it hard to operate without having a significant increase in affordability in, in, in rental rates there. Right. So, okay, another one operational-wise, and you, know, you can look at retention and revenue and those kind of things, and Fairway is a deal that we own on the west side of Atlanta. And this is a, a unique asset in an opportunity zone. So we, we plan to hold this one long term. Our opportunity zone fund goes until 2029. So we've got quite a few more years. But this property is right next to uh, a spillway river. You know, it's, it's an urban, probably was a river at some point, And now it's been, it's been paved over. So you've got a series of bridges going over essentially like a retention drainage area. And the maintenance of those throughout the city uh, over the past few years here has, has become a challenge, right? So a lot of those are not in great shape. When you think about infrastructure spending and where does it go? And in this case, we had uh, a bridge downstream from our property that basically got clogged with debris, debris and trees and trash and all sorts of stuff. And in, in a matter of under an hour, we saw the river rise 14 feet and flood out a lot of our residents to the point where, you know, their cars were floating away because, you know, the whole area flooded simply because some, these are older bridges that have a bunch of pillars. Everything gets clogged there. And, and this wasn't a flood watch in Atlanta. This was purely a situation with maintaining this waterway. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a normal, yeah, just I mean, normal it rainstorm here. So this is normal rainstorm and, and complete, I mean, four, it rose 14 feet in under an hour. Uh, and obviously caused a lot of damage and issues to our asset and our residents' homes and their lives and their stuff. So yes, there's renter's insurance that 
each of our residents have, and we have our property insurance and we have flood insurance there. But it doesn't, uh, insurance doesn't always replace the fact that, you know, you've got some terrified residents on, on a situation that's completely avoidable, right, by, by maintaining and having the, the right infrastructure in place. So that was disappointing to see, and we, we took care of the situation, but it definitely hurt our P&L for this quarter, so there's not a distribution on that asset, uh, almost entirely based on that, that function alone of what, what happened there. So another deal we want to look at is City View. This is, I mean, this is one of our favorite deals. Love this deal. Yeah. It's uh, up in Chattanooga, which is a great market. It's, we've been there for years. Amazing views. It's built up on the hillside overlooking downtown. It's an awesome, awesome yeah. property. So it's, a, it's one of our bigger deals. Um, but we've got a lot of cool stuff that's happening there. Uh, one of the things we're doing recently is we're, we're significantly increasing our security presence there with uh, better access cameras and remote, remote entry. So and you imagine you work at a property and you have a million keys. We're trying to get rid of the keys so that our maintenance teams and our management teams can use their phone and have remote access and get into doors and storage areas and stuff appropriately. So we spent some money on that this quarter. And the other part we had, we, is, we saw 50% retention here. So whereas we're targeting 70, we have 50% on City View, and we essentially saw our quarterly costs increase by about $60,000. Right, and so as a result of lower retention, we'll see those units turn over, higher expenses, but then forward-looking, usually a tenant that is staying is getting a softer increase, so usually a 3 to 5% increase, compared to a new tenant coming in is being all the way marked up to market, which could be 10, 15, sometimes 20%. So we should yeah. see pretty significant revenue gains in the quarters to come as a result of this, but we're paying the price of getting yeah. those right now. It's painful in the moment when right. that happens, and you see a, you see a quarter not only a month, this is a quarter where we saw 20 out of 40 potential renewals, uh, renewal, 20 renewed, 20 didn't renew, that's right. 50%. Um, but that's a lot of turnover, that's a lot of manpower that goes into turning those units and, and increases your expense load that you're going to see on a property. Yep. So, all right, let's talk about uh, mobile homes a little bit. We've got an exciting one. Our mobile home portfolio, I mean, it was significant and we've kind of pared it down and most of the stuff we own is in Gainesville, Georgia. So we have one deal there where uh, we bought it, had 25 pads. We lost a home in there. So now we're down to 17 uh, homes that are at the site. And some of the pads are unused and we can't put a home on them. So we've been kicking around, like, how do we create value here? And what, do we, what can we do from an opportunity standpoint? Really? Right. And, the, and the property you know, sits in this little pocket of Gainesville that just recently had a, a, a PUD, a planned unit development uh, um, approved by the city. It's what I think it's a thousand acres yeah. that they're putting in grocery and apartments and townhomes and really a whole planned community. And we're the property is just out is adjacent to it on the back end of it. And so we're looking at it and saying, well, we can do townhomes. We can you know we can redevelop this too. So we we hired an engineer and architect and they started mapping things out and it's a little bit it's right about six acres. So we're able to fit about forty four units in there, forty four townhome units, and we're not looking at you know, slapping together, you know, the, the most basic thing in the world. We want to make these, we, we want to build these in a way that are comfortable for our residents. They stay for a long period of time. We can see that high retention rate. So we're building mostly three bedrooms with a handful of two bedrooms. They're about 1,200 to 1,400 square feet. And uh, we're mapping that out right now with the city. We plan to basically look for approvals by the end of the year and then, and then go to the partnership and see what, what we want to do from there. Yeah, so I mean, it's an individually owned deal. All of our deals are 
special purpose entities or single LLCs that own an asset that we have done with our investors. So we're going to go to investors and present. Here's the option that we have here that we've been able to put together over the past couple months. And we're probably not going to get there until like the first quarter of 2024. So, but we're starting. We have some initial drawings. It looks pretty cool. We're excited to see uh, if we can do that on that deal. And, and if it can and the numbers work and the construction works, it, it's something that we could see happening on some of our other assets that are valuable pieces of land that we could arguably put um, higher revenue generating assets on them. Yeah. So, I mean, a, a lot of our mobile home parks, our land basis is low enough that it's much, much cheaper to redevelop those and go buy any other piece of land that's zoned for townhomes or apartments. Yeah. Um, and even some of our office assets you know, have either extra space or it makes sense to redevelop. Yeah, cool. Okay, let's talk about transactions. Always, we're always buying something or selling something. And uh, lately in the residential side, it's more been sales. And people normally ask us, too, like, what, what are you seeing in the market? Where's pricing? What does stuff, what does stuff look like? And we sold, uh, we sold two deals this quarter. So uh, we sold Rosecroft, which was up in Charlotte, and we sold a deal on the west side of Atlanta uh, here. But overall, we exited almost 200 units mm-hmm. uh, this past quarter, and we saw very strong cap rates. We sold deals in the low 4% cap rates on our, on our in-place numbers. Yeah, we're still seeing that people are out there willing to pay aggressive pricing and bet on the future rental growth. So we, you know, we, I think we, we're still selling into a, a, pretty, po- a pretty strong market. Um, we don't necessarily feel like the market's getting stronger right now, but um, it's fairly stable. Yeah. And, you know, transaction volume's down, certainly with interest rates going up. And we look at the remaining deals that we do have. Again, we mentioned, uh, you know, almost 1,000 apartment units and 377 mobile homes. We're going we're gonna to hold most of those assets. We see strong fundamentals behind them, not only location-based, but the type of asset they are and the growth we're seeing uh, on each location. So our current plan is to hold. Uh, but we mentioned a couple of variables. If we see retention that drops too much or we s- continually drops too much or taxes hit that three months of revenue standpoint, you know, at, at those points, we would start looking to exit uh, deals if we had them. But right now, we've, I mean... Yeah, what's left in the portfolio is operating very well. It's well-located and uh, we're very happy with its performance. Yeah, so... Well, one thing we want to talk about too is it was called, it was a Georgia bill that passed the Senate. It was called Georgia Bill 213, creative name. But it was interesting if you're a mobile homeowner. Uh, essentially, in, in the past, we had continually run into situations where if we had a mobile home on site and it had been there for, say, 20, 30, 40 years, well, since that time, the zoning laws changed. And zoning laws are kind of, they're always being updated and, and they, they move around. But what would happen is if you had a mobile home, say it was 35 feet long and maybe it's 700 square feet, essentially the zoning laws would change and now you need to have one that's 40 foot minimum or maybe 35 is too big. And essentially you could be in a situation where you can no longer replace that home if you want to upgrade it or if it's lost to fire or damage or wind or anything and and damages that home, you couldn't actually replace it uh, with each of the zoning laws that had changed. So this new Senate bill that they signed enables if you have a mobile home that, that is damaged or does need to be replaced, if it was there, you can go put a new one in place. And it kind of over overlays the... Yeah, it, know, it really preserved our rights as mobile home park owners to, to replace and upgrade the community without having to go fight with 
the city that they don't want more mobile home parks. Yeah, and, and it was to put in a new mobile home too. It's like that's a that's a huge benefit. It makes communities look nicer as well. So we're gonna, we'll look into some of that of how that relates directly to assets we have. I mean, we've owned stuff in the past where we lost mobile homes on those assets and our updates out. We're like, look, we, we can't replace this. There's nothing we can do. Um, it lost and zoning laws have changed since then. So we're going to go and, and we're going to look through and see if this has any impact that we can do on maybe getting some of our spots back or putting mobile homes into those uh, locations. Okay, one more topic for today. We want to talk about uh, making an impact. At Greenleaf, we're always trying to see how can we impact the community around us and leave it better than we found it. And this year we did, how many years is this our summer camp now? Uh, this is our second year, year. Second year? That we did Camp Greenleaf. It was, it was tremendous. Um, it, was a, it, was, it was a nice test case last year. And this year was, we, we ran camp with so much confidence. We had um, 58 count, campers. And over, I, I think it was 53 volunteers come out of the week. The volunteers were a mix of our employees, of our residents, actually came out and volunteered, of our vendors, of our investors. It was a great way to tie the entire business together to do something good. Um, we, we turned Park Hill Apartments, the property, into a, into a summer camp for the week. And um, just really had a blast. Um, it was a lot of sweat. A lot of water. It was a little warm. Yeah, it was a little warm. This is right at the end of the summer, and and it's essentially a free summer camp for residents that are there. So, you know, finding something to do for kids all summer long is is a challenge. And this is a unique aspect where, look, they don't even really have to, they don't even have to leave the property. Like, we bring that to them and hope to provide these kids with uh, a unique experience and something fun and different to do during the summer. Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest challenges with, you know, really low-income families is transportation and access and time. And, you know, you're looking at, you know, if one of the parents is going to work, the other one's staying at home, but they have, say, four children, three children, even two children, but one of them can, has to stay home, the other one has to go somewhere. It's really hard to, to manage transportation. Yeah, so, moving around is a challenge. So we, we, we really focus on how do we turn the property into a summer camp to make it very accessible it's free for them, so of course affordable and um, fun. So yeah. um, that was great. And then as we look into fourth quarter, we, we look to do an impact event every every quarter. And um, going into the fourth quarter, we do a toy drive for our mobile home residents. And we, we go to the mobile home residents and say, what's the wish list for your children? And we go shop, we go shopping together as a, as a company and as an organization with our vendors and our employees and our investors. And then we come back and wrap all the gifts and then deliver them to the yeah. houses. So. Yeah, we've got a big wrapping party that we do in the fourth quarter. It's a lot of fun. And, and we've got a good amount of people that come out and uh, partake in that. So it's a yeah, great so experience please, to do. Yeah, um, please come join. Um, you're interested in adopting a family. We're happy to provide you more info on that as well. Yeah, cool. All right, that's our update. Uh, it's our update for this week. So. Back to work. Back to work. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for watching, everyone.